0: Turn with me, please, this morning to 1 Peter, the first chapter, and the 18th verse. 1 Peter one eighteen. After a good bit of praying and seeking the Lord about this, I believe we are to begin a new series this morning. I'm excited about it, as I always am. Well, you wouldn't want me not to be, would you? <laughs> I believe we'll get into some of the richest things that there are in God on this series. And uh, I don't be surprised when your heart is moved greatly. And don't fight it. huh? If you're moved and you shed a tear, well, you shed a tear. Just make sure it's a happy tear. Victory tear. Yeah. And uh, you may shout. You may cry. But that's all good. Amen. In 1 Peter 1.18. He said for as much as you know. You were not redeemed. With corruptible things. As silver and gold. From your vain conversation. Received by tradition. From your fathers. Verse 19. But. But what? But you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I I am redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. Does that mean anything to you? I believe it will mean more. As we go into this. You are redeemed. He tells you. What you were not redeemed with. And what you were redeemed with. Listen to another translation. The new century version. The NCV. He says you know. Verse 18. You know that in the past. You were living in a worthless way. King James says vain. That's what it means. Everybody say worthless. Worthless. A way passed down from the people who live before you. You know, you just got it from your parents and, and friends and co-workers and neighbors. And they got it from theirs. And they got it from theirs. But it could be that 800 years ago somebody got off. <laughs> and they've been reproducing off for eight centuries now. Just because something's old doesn't make it right. Are good. If it was 3,000 years old, the Lord would see that as a modern thing. Just three days old in His sight. Is that right? Some newfangled thing's only been around 5,000 years. <laughs> Is that right? Five days to Him. You want to talk about been around? He's been around. Is that right? Whew. In the past, you were living in a worthless way. Everybody say worthless. A way passed down from the people who lived before you. But you were saved from that useless life. Somebody say useless. You've been saved from worthless and useless. That's shouting ground right there. You were bought not with something that ruins Like gold or silver. Not like something. That's temporary. Or disposable. Now. You know we think gold and silver is great. But compared to what he's about to tell you. It doesn't compare. It's something down here. It's material. It's natural. And that couldn't buy us. We'll get into this later on I think. But. Uh, the psalmist says in other places that one of the prophets say the value of a soul ceases forever. What does that mean? There's not enough money in the world to buy one soul. Amen. That's right. That's, That's right. how valuable a soul is. Amen. That's right. Amen. There are not enough billions or trillions to buy the soul of one person and pay for it and redeem it. Amen. There was only one thing in all the universe valuable enough to redeem the souls of men and it was and it is the precious blood when he says precious he's talking about value that exceeds known price precious extremely valuable We were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, the pure, the perfect Lamb. Without a blemish. Without a spot. Hallelujah. No sin. No blemish. No fault. No earthly father. The life is in the blood. His blood bought us. The life of the eternal Creator. Was in his blood. Come on, are you listening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was no sin and no fault in his blood. It was and always will be completely perfect, Hallelujah. completely yeah. pure. Yes. Somebody say, spotless, spotless. no blemish, yeah, yeah. No, imperfection. no imperfection. There was no curse, there's no death, no sin. And the Father accepted His blood as payment for us. I've been bought with a price. I said, I've been bought with a price. But now think about this about the price He paid for us. What does the enormity of the price He paid for us say? about our value. You can't shout about how precious the blood is without realizing how important and valuable what he bought with it is. That's good. That's right. Now we're what? Ten minutes into this? Do you see why I said you may shed a tear? You may shout? Is that right? Why? If this don't move you, you're not awake. <laughs> Come on, somebody said out loud, I was not redeemed, was not redeemed with corruptible things, with corruptible things, things perishable things, things like, gold like gold and silver. I am redeemed, I am redeemed by the precious, by the precious costly, costly blood of the Lamb. Blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. 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 I've been bought. I've been paid for. That's what redeemed means. I've been bought. Paid for. By the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Now. That's our text. And we're going to keep referring to that and coming back to that. But I want to begin talking about laying a foundation today. Asking a question. Question. Who are you? Who are you? The Lord wanted you. Didn't he? He was willing. To go to great lengths. To get you. And to pay. A price that never been paid for anything. For. You. And me. Who are you? You know the angels said that. It's recorded in the book of Psalms, isn't it? That they looked over and they said, what is a man? That God would do all this for men. That he would give them dominion over the works of his. Who are men? They'd seen all kind of stuff throughout the eons. But when we came on the scene. And then messed everything up. And see what God did to get us back. There was a, a whisper going throughout the ranks of heaven. What are men? Look what the creator is doing. For men to get a man. To get a woman. What are men? Look at your neighbor. Help him out and say. Who are you? Who are you? you? (laughs) All of us. Have some sense. Of identity. Who I am. But where did you get it? And what is it based upon? Because it affects every aspect of your life. Who you think you are. Or don't think you are. The Lord was uh, reminding me. Of who I am. And how it all started. I came into the world. In a tiny little hospital over in Philadelphia, Mississippi. You'll have to look close on the map.
1: <laughs>
0: and my parents had to drive miles and miles to get to there from the country. Our little town where we lived, if you went three or four miles from our house, there was one store at an intersection. <laughs> and uh, I came into the world, and one of the first things I began to realize about who I was is I was a Moore. I was the son of Billy and Doris Moore, the grandboy of QN and Lena Pearl. <laughs> I had kinfolks in those areas roundabout, on the, the Moore side and the Weather side and the niece side. And uh, I'm a Moore. One of those more boys. <laughs> Sometimes that was a good thing. <laughs> Sometimes it was questionable. <laughs> There's more than one, one occasion I got beat up because I was a more boy. I know it sounds strange, but there was a little bit of a feud between us and another family, which shall remain nameless at this point. <laughs> There was only two of us boys, and we were younger. And in the other family, there was like eight. Oh. And most of them were bigger and older. And so there were times on the school bus that four of them would hold me down oh. while another one or two beat me up. Oh. Oh. And uh, one day I got off the bus, and my nose was bloody, and my mouth was bloody, and my clothes were messed up. And- my dad looks at me and goes, boy, we've got to do something with you. <laughs> and he put me in a school of martial arts at age 10. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But I got beat up because I was a more boy
1: because
0: of who I was. And I was a country boy. I wasn't a city boy. I was a country boy and uh tv of course popular one of my favorite shows was tarzan <laughs> i could yell just like him i think i still could i won't right now and we had uh, acres and acres of you know the wild that we could a- had access to hundreds of acres and more and uh Man, we literally would find vines in the trees and swing from the trees, swing through the trees, yelling like Tarzan. I thought I was Tarzan. We would swim in the creeks and the rivers, places we should not have gone. I mean, you would see snakes out there, big ones. And we'd just splash around in the water to scare them away and then jump in. We'd see alligators and we'd just run the boat around and scare them and then go ski. Boy, if you, it was strong motivation not to fall. Yeah. <laughs> and if you did fall, you're thinking, get the boat, come on, come on, yeah. P- get, get me. <laughs> Looking back now, you're thinking, man, what were you doing in those places? But you know, Tarzan is not afraid no. of an alligator, is that right? Tarzan will wrestle a big snake. Yeah. So I was a country boy. <laughs> I'm talking about identity. Who are you? What makes you who you are? And like I said, uh, as, uh, my dad put me in that school of martial arts. So then as the years went by, that was also part of my identity. I was a sport fighter. You know, I played a little football, but that really wasn't my thing. A little bit of basketball, but that really wasn't my thing. My thing was kicking you hard. (laughs) And I became pretty good at that. In fact, I thought that was going to be my career. I know. And so I pursued that. But that was a big part of my identity who I was born to, where I grew up, what I could do. Also, in our part of the country, we thought Dukes of Hazard* was a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> to us, that was not fiction. <laughs> now, you're laughing, but I'm serious. We had those same dirt roads. All through our counties, and and we by the time we were 13 or 14, we were practiced. I mean, you think drifting is something new? You can't go fast on a dirt road without drifting. We were experts at dirt road drifting. We didn't call it that. We just called it going fast. Time we're 13, 14 years to miss. with us. You get your license that early? No. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what you need a license for? <laughs> we're driving tractors, you know, by the time we're 10, 12, that kind of thing. So it just comes natural. You're driving pick up, you know, hauling hay and all that kind of stuff. So. And uh, even though we didn't have a lot of money, we're fix-it-yourselfers. And uh, multiple generations. So, I mean, my granddad, he... F- Uh, They had to fix up their trucks and their tractors when they broke. They didn't have the money to just go buy new parts. And so they learned how to tie things up and tape things up and and, and weld things up. Come on, are y'all with me? You understand what I'm talking about? And so with a few hundred dollars, we could build a pretty good car. One that'd go fast. And so uh, we had... uh, I had to eventually got to the place where I had a real nice Camaro that was fast, and I won't even go into the exploits we had with that, but then a Mustang that, that was fast, and so that became part of my identity. I was the guy that had the clean car. Don't get in my car with muddy feet. I had brand new shag carpet in it. What are you laughing about? These are the 70s. Is that right? Shag carpet in your car was cool. And we took a little, you know, modest little Mustang and we put a 351 Cleveland in it with a four-speed top loader and on and on and on. How'd you do that? You find a piece at this salvage yard. You find a piece over here. You, you know, steam clean it and you paint it and overhaul it and you put it in. Next thing you know, you got something nice. Nice. Got something fast. That became part of my identity. And then also, I had the pretty blonde girl. <laughs> Phyllis, I'm talking about. <laughs> that became part of my identity. Somebody say, Who are you? 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 After that, I thought. I was going to go into uh, being a fighter. That's going to be my profession. And I, I respect that, but that wasn't my path. And I'm so thankful because by now, I'd be an old man. Right? In the fight game? I'd be old. And even if I was successful, man, even when you win, you get hit. Right? My nose probably would not look the same nor my ears. nor Y'all you know what I'm talking about? And now I wouldn't be in it. I'd be after the fact. And instead of being done, I can be hitting my strongest stride yes. in ministry. Is that right? Yes. Right now. Amen. But when we went to Ramah Bible Training Center and we uh, went into the ministry and eventually, not, to, not actually not too long after that, Part of my identity was I was the, uh, the guy that worked in healing school. And, and I was a part of that for oh, 13 plus years at least. And I became, after that, I became, Phyllis and I became the, the young guys that helped the Hagans. That became part of our identity. Who we are. But now that we no longer help the Hagans who am I? Now that I no longer can fight like I did when I was 18, <laughs> I'd have to win the fight quick now. <laughs> first blow, first blow. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Back then I could go round after round. But, um, but Now that I don't have that, who am I? Do you see what I'm talking about here? If your identity is based in anything you can lose, your identity is in the wrong thing. I want to say that again another time or two or three. If who you are, who you see yourself to be, and your identity and your value and your worth, if it is based on anything you can lose... You're in danger. And it's based in the wrong things. You see people in, in junior high, and grade school, junior high, high school, college. Their identity is they are the, the, the football player. They're the athletic one. They're the strong one. They're the, uh, the pretty one. The pretty cheerleader. They're the smart one. They're the one with the great grades. They're the rich one. They're the cool one. And you see people that when they're no longer that in their high school or their college. They don't know who they are. They don't know what they are. They get discouraged. They get disillusioned. They don't know who they are. They don't know what they are. They, 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 they lose their sense of value and worth. I'm so and so spouse. Well that's great. But what if you're not? What if you're not their spouse any longer? Then who are you? I'm one of the greatest football players. Well what about when you can't play like that? That's when you see people sometimes. If all of their identity and their value is in that. They'll get to where they don't know what to do with themselves. they turn to drugs, alcohol, some suicide. Because they lose their sense of identity. And they lose their sense of worth. And value. I want to say it again. If your identity and your value is in anything you can lose, it's in the wrong thing. Amen. Amen.
1: Come on. Come on.
0: Who are you? <laughs> it's quiet in here. Who are you? All right, let's go to a scripture. Go with me to Mark, the fifth chapter. You'll see... This begins, and you'll remember some stuff when I bring this up to you, this begins even in in grade school, cruelty between kids, name calling, and nicknames that are not nice. Why? Why do these young innocent ones do that? Where is this coming from? Where did they get this? It's so important. When little ones come into the world. That they begin to get the proper sense of identity. That's right. And value. That's right. And worth. Oh it affects every area of your life. Amen. And the enemy knows this. So you know what he's going to try to do? Yeah, try to do Through every avenue he can. He's going to try To establish a bad identity in you. And try to devalue you. He is the accuser. He is the devaluer. If you listen to him. And believe what he says. You'll come to the point where you see yourself as worthless. As useless. As nothing and nobody, with nothing to offer, nothing to give, nothing worthwhile. And the enemy is trying to do that on the playgrounds with six year olds, making fun of the way they look, making fun of the way they act. Why? To try to get some kind of distorted self image in them so that they don't see themselves well or valuable. And they don't know who and what they are, or they come to believe there's something bad. You're a failure. You're no good. It's no accident that when sometimes parents that are not spiritual and, and even sometimes some that should know better get mad and get real angry, that's the thing that pops out. You're not going to amount to anything. You'll never amount to anything. Useless. Worthless. And friend. This is one of the most serious things. You could say. That's and I'm going to prove it to you. From the word of God. This is so serious with God. It brings judgment. On those that do it. And don't repent. You and I are called. Not to run down not to destroy not to devalue not to belittle you and I are called to build up to put something into them to help them see the truth the good things that are in us in Christ Jesus there are a handful of people throughout my few decades in life I will forever be thankful to God for them because God used them to speak into my life, good things about who I am, and what I am, and what I can be, and what I can do. My parents did this. I know they didn't. Uh, nobody knows everything, and uh, but God supernaturally, apart from knowledge of the Word about this, they would look at me sometimes as a little boy, and tell me. I'd say, you know, I'm going to be an astronaut. And they wouldn't laugh at me and scoff at me. They'd sit me down, look me in the eye and say, well, now, not everybody gets to be an astronaut. But if you'd work really hard, you're a smart boy, you can do it. I'd leave thinking, well, I'm going to be an astronaut. <laughs> it's just around the corner here. Yeah. It does so much for a little guy. Our little girl I'm so thankful I grew up without a lot of the insecurities that other people suffer it's helped me my whole life long. Amen. My dad began to treat me like a man with some sense even when I was just a boy would sit and listen to me for an hour at a time and not interrupt. Made me believe I had something to say. Amen. Made me believe that what I thought was important. Amen. Glory to God. Right. My spiritual father. Kenneth Hagin Sr. Would say things into our life. He, he saw things in me I didn't see. He'd say do this. And I'd think can I? Yes. And he'd just treat me like of course you can. Come on do it. That's right. Nothing. Hmm. had to step out by faith and then you see the grace and you go I can do this That's right. I can do this and it begins to feed into you confidence Amen. oh somebody say confidence. confidence you can't put a price on the value of confidence
1: Amen.
0: That's right. Amen. glory to God it takes confidence to go somewhere where nobody knows your name and start a church. Yeah. Come on. And spend millions of dollars before you even know if anybody's going to come. It takes confidence to get up in front of you right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Phyllis agrees. I prayed, I sought the Lord, but there's no guarantee you're going to like this That's right. or receive this or believe it. But I need the confidence to minister it boldly and not be moved if somebody writes me an ugly letter. What good is it going to do if I'm laying in the bed feeling sorry for myself because I got four ugly letters last week? Is that going to bless you and help you? You need confidence to do this job. You need confidence to do whatever job you're supposed to do in life, don't you? I know one time a guy yelled at me after service. I don't, I don't like it. I don't believe it. I don't believe any of it. I don't like you. <laughs> I said, you just don't know me. Because <laughs> if you knew me, you'd like I think I made him madder than the first part. <laughs> but I must not let it shake me. Just because he doesn't value me doesn't mean nobody values me. Come on, is that right? I know God does. I know Phyllis does. I know you do. So what about these other yahoos who don't have a clue? Well, (laughs) I'll help them if I can. But I'm not going to let them tear me down and rob me of my sense of worth. And value and steal my confidence and destroy my ministry. Right. Not gonna do it. Hallelujah. How about you? Come on, you need to say the same thing. Not gonna do it. Not gonna. You're not gonna let anybody do that to you. Somebody says something bad about me. The first thing I want to say is, "Is that true? Is that true? Because if it's true, I need to repent. But if it's not true," I need to file that in the trash can. Right. Is that right? And not think about it again because it's not my problem, it's their problem. Right. Who are you? Somebody say, who are you? Who are you? who are you? who are you? Matthew 5. Matthew 5 and 22. Jesus said. Anybody have confidence in what Jesus says in me? Jesus said, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. How I many know it's not okay to just get mad at somebody and stay mad? Didn't the Bible say, don't let the sun go down on your wrath? What does that mean? If you do get worked up, you better get through it and get it right before the sun goes down. Receive forgiveness, get to thinking right. Forgive them. Whatever you got to do. But you, you are not and I am not. To go day after day. Mad and upset. And holding a grudge. Amen. Right. We're commanded. Don't do it. You're angry with your brother. Without a cause. You're in danger. Somebody say in danger. Amen. Whoever will say to his brother. Rekha. Shall be in danger of the council. But whoever shall say. You fool shall be in danger of hell fire. How many would think this sounds serious? This sounds very serious. This is serious. Why so serious? Listen to some other translations. I think the King James is a little bit unclear on this. Listen to Young's literal translation. You'll begin to see a recurring thing. Young's literal, verse 22 he said, everyone angry with his brother without a call shall be in danger of judgment. Whoever may say to his brother, empty fellow. but he say empty fellow. Empty. What does that mean, empty fellow? Today's English version says it like this. Whoever calls his brother, you good for nothing. You good for nothing will be brought before the council. This is the TEV, today's English version. Whoever calls his brother a worthless fool will be in danger of going to the fire of hell. Man, this is serious. Should we take the words of Jesus seriously here? This is serious. What is so serious about calling somebody that? Because... It works out to you letting the enemy use you to take away somebody's sense of value and worth and identity which can lead to their destruction if they believe it, if they listen to it. It affects every aspect of their life. Good for nothing. Worthless fool. Amplified says, if you say, you cursed fool, you empty-headed idiot. Now these kind of things have been said. And are being said all over the place. But they're serious. Most people don't understand the importance of words. Do they? Words matter. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Isn't it? Yes, by your words, you'll be justified. By your words, you'll be condemned. Yes. Words matter. Somebody say, words matter. Words, words, matter. words can kill, yes. words can make alive. Do we believe in the power of faith in Jesus' name? Yes. Saying, be healed. Yes. Hmm? Yes. Be blessed. Is there power in words of faith and anointing that can minister life? Life from the dead. Is is it true? Quickening, healing, deliverance. Well, if that's true, the other side of it has to be true too. If words can make alive, words can kill. Words can do damage. Words can destroy. And the reason this is so serious is because if you let the enemy use you to persuade and convince somebody that they are absolutely useless and worthless, when Jesus paid the price for him that he paid, it is personally offensive to God. It's serious. If he says... They're valuable enough to pay the blood of the lamb yeah. to get them, yeah. and you turn around and let the devil use you as a mouthpiece and say, "You are absolutely worthless. You are good for nothing." and you're convinced them of that, you should be held accountable. Right. Is that right? Yeah. You're responsible yeah. for great harm and damage. Thank God, if you repent, <laughs> right? Yeah. If you repent. There's forgiveness and cleansing by the by the same blood. But if you won't, you're in danger. In danger of judgment. Let's all pray. Somebody said out loud, Father God, Father God forgive me, forgive me for, saying for saying any words that the enemy could use, enemy could use to, hurt people, to hurt people. Devalue them. Devalue them belittle them. Belittle them. Forgive, me. forgive me. It's wrong. It's, wrong. it's serious. I judge it, I judge it. And, I you, and I ask you help me to see, help me to see. How, to use words how to use words that edify, that, edify. that build up, that, build up. That, make that make strong in Jesus name. In Jesus. Here, am I. Here am I, use me. Use me. Glory, to glory, God. God. glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Make up your mind. You're not going to let the enemy use your mouth to hurt somebody's image and identity and worth. Are we serious about this thing? They are not empty-headed idiots. They are not good for nothing. I don't care what they've done. There's something that gives them value that supersedes anything they've ever been or done. Something that can't change. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. Who are you? What makes you who you are? What good are you? What worth are you? A whole lot of people would say, well, you know, I'm not the worst. I ain't the best. (laughs) You know, I don't don't make much difference, I guess. But, you know, I I love the Lord. I pray sometimes. (laughs) What are you saying? I ain't much. I ain't nothing. But I ain't much. I'm a little bit. But not too much. Who told you that? Based on what? I said, based on what? Well, I've made so many mistakes. I have messed things up so badly. Then your identity is the one who messes things up. I am such a failure. I've been married and divorced nine times, (laughs) my kids are a disaster. I've gone bankrupt five times. I'm a failure. Based on what? Yeah, come on. what you, who are you? Well, I used to be pretty good such and such. But you know, now I'm old. I have trouble remembering stuff. I'm this happy to be here. <laughs> what are you saying? I'm not much. I'm not much. I'm an insignificant speck on a tiny planet twirling in the cosmos. No. No. I said no. 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 The creator of the universe said, you are the apple of his eye. Oh, come on. Come on. He said he keeps up with the numbers of hairs on your little head. He knows right where you are. He knows your name. And he wanted you before you ever came on this planet. He knew you. He knew who you'd be and he wanted you. I said he wanted you. Even when he knew all the dumb stuff you would pull and all the mistakes you would make, knowing all that, he still bought and paid for you with the precious blood of the lamb and said, they are mine. They are mine. I want them. I will pay anything it takes to get them. That's who you are. That's what you are. That cannot be taken away from you. (laughs) Somebody's getting it. Somebody's getting it. (laughs) More boy comes and goes. Fast car boy comes and goes. Karate boy comes and goes. Preacher boy. What if something happened that I, I didn't preach? Do I sit at home and feel sorry for myself? Because I'm nothing anymore. No. I'm nobody. No. Only if my identity is in something that can, I, I can lose or that can be taken away from me. Amen.
1: Come
0: on. Who are you? Who are you? Can you take a little bit more? Yeah. I know I'm giving you a lot, but there's a lot in the Bible. Amen. <laughs> there's a lot about this. We're laying a foundation. Which leads us perfectly to our next verse. Matthew 7. Matthew 7. Back in the 70s and the 80s we made confessions. We still do. But a lot of folks don't. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Back in the 70s and the 80s we had confession lists. And one of the things we confessed is who we are right. in, in him, in Christ. Anybody ever confessed that before? Who we are in him. Not who we are on the family tree. Not who we are on the football field or in the office or in the academia. Who we are in Christ, how many understand, in Christ is something that's never going to change. In Christ is something you can't lose. In Christ is something that will never be taken away from you. That's who I am. I said that's who I am. That's who I am. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Matthew 7 says, verse 22 Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we, had not we prophesied in your name? In your name we cast out devils. In your name done many wonderful works. And I'll prophesy to them, I never knew you. Their identity was in things they had done. He said, I don't know you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Their hearts weren't right. They weren't right. Therefore, somebody say, therefore. therefore. So what he's about to say is a continuation Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man which built his house upon a rock and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it what? It was not moved, it fell not for it was founded on a rock. Somebody say on a rock, on a rock, on a rock, on a rock. Everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not, he'll be likened to a foolish man which built his house upon the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and completely different outcome. It fell and it fell hard. Great was the fall of it. Why? Why? Because it was built on something that could be washed away. It was built on something that could be moved that could be changed that could be taken away our identity our value our worth should be built on the sure foundation of the solid rock of the Christ who is the word somebody say I believe it I believe it we will never know who we are and what we are until we find out who he is and what he is Because I am in him. Oh, oh, I don't know if you get that or not. It is utter foolishness to try to escape from your normal activities to discover who you are. It's insanity. You can climb the highest mountain. You can sail around the world by yourself. You can fast for 30 days. You can do all kinds of things to discover your true self. (laughs) I tell you, when you find it out, you ain't going to be happy about it. (laughs) Because without him, it's nothing to shout about. Apart from him, it's nothing you want to find out about. You don't want to find out who I am. In me. I can give you scripture after scripture. In you, you know nothing. In you, you are nothing. In you, you have nothing. In you, you can do nothing. I'm quoting scriptures. I got scriptures for every one of those. You don't want to find out who you are. In you. You know who you are in you? A failure. A problem. You'll never know who you are. Are you a believer? Anybody a believer in here? Have you been born again? Then you will never know who you are until you find out who he is. You'll never find out what you are and your value and worth until you find out what he is. Because I am in him. Come on, somebody say, I am am in him. 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 He is is in me. (sighs) Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm just just going to read some scriptures to you real quick. You don't don't have to uh, try to turn to them uh, or even write them down. You can if you want to. But the main thing, I want you to hear them and say them and possibly, uh, if you need to, listen to it online or whatever and begin to make confessions of your own. But the main thing is what you believe. Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. I'm going to give you some of the confessions we used to make decades ago. Galatians 2.20 I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live. Yet not I. But Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Colossians 3.3 You're dead. Your life is hid with Christ in God and when Christ who is our life shall appear then shall you also appear with him in glory who are you who are you who are you I'm dead to the flesh I'm dead to sin I'm dead to world but I'm alive in Christ That's right. huh therefore if any man be in Christ he's a new creation all things are passed away behold all things have become new and all these things are of God what are you who are you Creation. I'm a new creation. Yes. I've been born again. That's who I am. Amen. Man, you can feel the confidence yes. beginning to, is that right? Yes. You can feel it. Just begin to rise Amen. up in you. Yes. Quit talking about what you did or didn't do and what you had and who you were in high school. Come on, come on, yes. come on. Yes. Glory to God. <laughs> Everybody else already forgot about that anyway. Come on. <laughs> who Who are you? It must be based on something that cannot change. Yeah. That you cannot lose. Yeah. Elsewise you're in danger of losing your identity and your sense of value and worth. Woo-hoo. Somebody say, Hallelujah. 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 First Corinthians 1.30 First Corinthians 130. Of him. Are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption? Who are you? I am made of God. Wisdom. Righteousness. Sanctification. And redemption. This has nothing to do with me earning anything. Redemption means I've been redeemed. Why? I didn't do it. He did it. Sanctification. I've been made holy. Why? I didn't do it. He did it. Christ has made this to me. Righteous. I didn't earn it. He gave it to me. He made me righteous. Wise. Don't ever let the devil tell you you're dumb. He's a liar. You have the mind of Christ. Christ is made unto you the wisdom of God. Somebody say, In Christ, in Christ. I'm wise. I have the mind of Christ. I'm righteous. I'm holy. I'm I'm redeemed. redeemed. It's who I am. am. It's what I am am. in Christ Christ Jesus. That's who you are. That's what you are. Somebody likes it. Nobody can take this away from you. No matter what happens or doesn't happen in life, you, you can't lose this. This is who you are. This is what you are. It's what gives you your identity. It's what gives you your value, your worth. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 6. First Corinthians 6, verse 11, he talks about some bad things. He says, such were some of you, but you are washed. You are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of God. Never again say you're a mistake, a mess up. A failure. That's not what the Bible says you are. Come on, sit out loud. I'm washed. washed. Quit talking about the sin because you're washed. Sit out loud. I'm sanctified. I'm I'm made clean. I'm made made holy. holy. I am justified. justified. I'm made right. right. In the name of the Lord Jesus. By the Spirit of my God. God. What if we went around talking this all the time? Instead of all the other stuff of what we felt and what happened and what didn't happen. Walking by faith yes. instead of walking by sight. Yes. Talking faith. Talking the word yes. instead of talking feelings. Yes. Second Corinthians six sixteen, just a couple of verses later. He said, what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. What does that mean? God lives in you. God said, I will dwell in them. I will walk in them. I will be their God. And they shall be my people. Somebody say I am the temple. Of the living God. He lives in me. I'm his person. He's my God. That's who you are. That's what you are. That's what gives you value. Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord. Galatians 3, 26 says, you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. I'm not just a more boy. I'm a God boy. (laughs) Huh? I'm God's boy. Is it true or not? God is my father. I'm my father's boy. I take after my daddy. I'm a child of God by faith in Christ Jesus there's neither Jew nor Greek bond nor free male nor female you're all one in Christ Jesus we shouldn't make a big deal a bigger deal out of I'm, I'm a man Christian nah you're just a Christian I'm a woman Christian nah you're a Christian Huh? I'm a cowboy Christian nah you're a Christian <laughs> I'm a motorcycle Christian nah you're a Christian Because motorcycles come and go. Cows come and go. Come on, are you listening? (laughs) You better not put too much of your identity. Now you're laughing, but a lot of people do this. Don't put too much of your identity in something you put ahead of the word Christian. I'm a such and such Christian. No, honey, you're just a Christian. You're a Christian. That other thing is not the big deal. Who you are in Christ. And if you be Christ. And somebody say and I am. I am. Then are you Abraham's seed. And heirs according to the promise. The blessing of Abraham is mine. Galatians 4, 6 says, because you're sons, God sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, you are no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, you are an heir of God through Christ. I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir. Joint heir with Jesus. That's what makes me who I am. That's my identity. That gives me my value. Finally, in Colossians 2. You might want to turn to this one. Colossians 2.6. In closing, I think, Who are you? Who are you? Let's shed. All the monikers and, and nicknames and associations that we've picked up through life. That have become part of an identity that can be nothing more than sitting on sand. That's going to change. Let's let the Lord... Make us failure proof. So that no matter what happens in life. No matter who we're with or not with. Or around or not around. Our identity remains strong. And intact. And unchanged. Our sense of value and importance and significance remains unchanged. He said as you've therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. So walk. Walk. Ye in him, rooted, built up in him, established in the faith, as you've been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Should we be thanking God every night and day because all these things we've been confessing are true? That's who I am. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Beware of things that don't put Jesus front and center. For in him, it's all in him. Yeah. Who are you? The, everything that makes me who I am is in him. Yeah. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Right. We have no idea how big that statement is.
1: Right. <laughs> right. Right.
0: By faith we can go, whew. <laughs> What makes him who he is is what makes us who we are. Amen. Oh. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Read verse 10. Read verse 10. Read verse 10. And you are complete in him. Amen. When? When are you complete in him? When you finish that project. When you accomplish this thing or that. When when you get more money. When you get that that thing or this. Huh? When? 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 I am. Right now. Complete. In him. The things that matter. The things that count. Have already been done. In Christ. And he's in me. And I'm in him. And it's done. That's what determines forever. Who I am. And what I am. Somebody say, complete, 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 in him. complete in him. That's a chorus we used to sing. <laughs> I'm complete, complete, complete in him. I am complete in him. Hallelujah. I'm complete, complete, complete in him. I am complete in him. Y'all ready, singers? Come on, come on, come on. What's the rest of it? The fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelleth in my Lord. The fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelleth in my Lord. The fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelleth in my Lord. And I am complete in Him. Stand up and sing. I'm complete, complete, complete in Him. I am complete in